Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Carolina Weather Group. This is the Wednesday, July 26th edition of the Carolina Weather Group. Hard to believe it's the last Wednesday of July. Seems like we we're just um, talking about the beginning of tropical season. Now we're two months into it. And tonight uh, we have a great guest along with us tonight, Mike Bolin from SpaghettiModels.com uh, or Mike's Weather Page. We were just talking about that before the show. So I'm sure if you've uh, been into any tropical meteorology, you've used Mike's page, and we're happy to have him on tonight uh, as our guest. But this is a live broadcast, so uh, feel free to interact with us tonight. Uh, you can do that several ways. I know you may be watching on Facebook Live or Periscope, YouTube. Uh, James has got the gander of things going on. So uh, however you're watching us tonight, you can interact with us by leaving us a message on Twitter. Uh, Carolina WX group or our individual Twitter pages or uh, the Carolina weather group page on Facebook. Uh, we'll be able to monitor those throughout the show and uh, uh, ask any questions if need be. Uh, I see that James is hand signaling. Are you good? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. He's good. All right. So yeah. And if uh, you're listening to the uh, rebroadcast or the uh, podcast later on uh, in the week, We'll let Mike uh, share how you can get in touch with him towards the end of the show. So uh, that's our show tonight. We're really excited to have Mike on. Glad it's not really active, so uh, that uh, activity is not taking him away from the tonight show. Uh, so, Mike, thanks for coming on. We'll uh, let you introduce yourself here in just a little bit. Before we do that, let's go around the panel and let everyone uh, introduce themselves and kind of talk about how the uh, the week's been so far weather-wise. So we'll start off in the... Uh, Mississippi River area with Eric Perseus tonight from Memphis, Tennessee. Eric, how are you doing? Hey, good evening, Scotty. Hello to everybody else. I am uh, wiping sweat as I sit here <laughs> waiting for the cold front to come on uh, Friday. It's been a hot couple of weeks. Uh, we've been under heat advisories uh, just about every day except for maybe one or two over the last uh, seven or eight days. And excessive heat warning today, heat indices around 110 Temperatures 95 to 97, and got to love the dew points when they get to like 78. So it's uh, basically we're living in an Iowa cornfield here. So, <laughs> uh, But there is some relief on the horizon uh, front that's going to make it down through the Midwest is going to push all the way through, it looks like, which is a little unusual for late July here. But uh, we're looking forward to some cooler weather, some sunshine this weekend, and uh, hopefully no severe weather on Friday when it comes through, but can't completely rule it out. So that's it from the Western Bureau. Sounds good. Yeah, we're watching that cold front as well. Uh, looks like we could see a, a break, uh, outbreak of storms on Friday, maybe some severe here in the Carolinas as well. So uh, I know you guys are excited about the cold front. I like the heat and humidity, so you know I'm not really wanting the dew points in the 50s yet. I mean, it's not it's not time for it to be that way. Yeah, the heat is not that bad. It's it's <laughs> when that when those dew points get above 70, 75, it it's a little much. It is, it is. So let's uh, go over to um, just to the east of you in Bristol, Tennessee. Let's bring in Ricky Matthews. Ricky, how's things up in the Tri-Cities? Pretty good. We are uh, had very few clouds today. It was kind of boring to look at the Go 16 imagery for once because there was not a whole lot to see on it. Um, but hey, that's a good thing every once in a while. We're just like Eric, we're expecting the chance for a few thunderstorms in the coming days as that cold front moves east. Uh, have a really, really big marginal risk zone encompassing us tomorrow. So we'll see what happens. Good to have a few thunderstorms. and uh, Otherwise, it's kind of hot, humid, pretty typical July weather. It's those marginal days we have to watch, right? That's what I told Chris the other day. I was like, he was like, oh, we've been downgraded from a slight. I was like, well, time for the outbreak. <laughs> That's right. You got to watch those marginal days. 
Uh, let's go to the Queen City tonight where, uh, James, I think this was the first time since late June that you guys didn't reach uh, the 90-degree mark. I'm sorry to disappoint you, Scotty, but that uh, that may be right. Matter of fact, it was actually kind of pleasant out today. It was not the most beautiful of days, cloudy at times here in the Queen City, but you know what? I took that as a nice break from the action after all of the heat last week. Uh, matter of fact, if you uh, joined us here in the Carolina Weather Group in recent weeks, you know that the little thermometer I keep uh, in my window had climbed up to 117 at one point. We didn't get that high today, and I'm, I'm thankful for that, Scotty. What was your high today in the window, so? Uh, the high today was I was working from Starbucks and not paying attention to the thermometer. Oh. So um, it, it says it got up to 77 in the room, but when we were at 117, this was actually in the window. So I, I do not have an accurate comparison for you. Apologies. Speaking of Starbucks, <laughs> did you meet Peter? I mean, was was Peter with you today? No, Peter was not with me today, but I'm sure Peter was was out gallivanting uh, and getting his his daily Starbucks. Uh, Peter, are you there? What is your daily Starbucks run uh, menu item? A uh, cafe Americano decaf. Oh, do, do they know that? Like when you walk in, do they just see your face and instantly start making it? They, they do. They, they, it's that bad. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's funny. Sometimes they don't get your name right on the cup, correct? Yeah, they don't. They always mess up the name, but they get my drink right. So I don't know what the problem is. Well, I guess if, if you want to be messed up on something, I'd rather be your name than your drink, right? Makes How's me wonder if you're getting your drink or someone else's. Well, you, you've yeah, been drinking true. all that Starbucks because it's been pretty stormy out there, correct? Where do I even begin? <laughs> it's, been, it's been unbelievable up here. Uh, all of last week, we were in a heat wave. Temperatures all in the 90s, like mid-90s for the entire week uh, from pretty much Tuesday all the way through Saturday. Heat index over 100 a couple excessive heat warnings in there. And then, of course, you know what happens when we have to break the heat wave. You have to get an eruption of severe storms, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, Saturday night, we had a couple scattered things, nothing big deal. But then Sunday night was, like, insane. It felt like we had a tropical system here. Uh, tornado warnings in a couple spots. Uh, There's actually an EF2 confirmed in uh, County, uh, Maryland. Destroyed a couple uh, houses and stuff. And uh, we actually had a uh, water spout, I think, out in the Atlantic near the Jersey Shore. Uh, luckily, it didn't damage anything. I don't think anybody could really see it if anything popped down. Uh, so, really it popped down or not, but the rotation was pretty good uh, on velocity. Now, Monday, we had another severe storm come by. Like Sunday night and Monday. It was just ridiculous how much lightning there was. And uh, I just complained the other day that uh, the season's been really sucky so far. I guess I should have kept my mouth shut. Uh, but... Uh, yesterday and today have been really nice in the 70s. We're heating up again. Some more storms tomorrow and Friday again. Uh, marginal risks are out, so we'll see what happens. you got to watch those marginal risks. I know it's been active. That's what happens when you start complaining about the weather. You get too much. <laughs> yeah, welcome to our show, world, Pete. <laughs> All right. Well, let's yeah, thank bring- you guys for bringing that up. <laughs> let's bring in uh shay gibson tonight from charleston shay uh how's things been and i'll let you bring in our guests as well sure yeah charleston i tell you we've, we've had sort of a mixed bag of, of thunderstorms here and heat uh so coming down off of a, a heat wave we got several thunderstorms uh really really strong sea breeze on sunday there's been some really unique features with convective activity here along the southeast coast um typically you have a, a westerly a west to east drifting thunderstorm type that meets along the sea breeze front 
and then you have that that sort of thunderstorm effect. But these came down from the north, and those are especially gnarly storms when they happen here because they're packed with hail, and there's uh, there's a lot more rotation to it. Um, no tornadoes or anything, but very slow-moving storms, and they tend to feed off of urban heat island effects. So you have this continuous storming for hours. We had that yesterday, and, and then that continued into today. We actually had a, a little bit of an easterly wedge along the coast uh, shift the movement of storms from the north to south, from more of an east to west, and that spawned some really interesting um, activity. We had water spouts this morning just off the coast during those really light inversionary storms in the morning and then as we got into the afternoon we had a full-blown shelf cloud approaching from the northeast so I'll, I'll go ahead and present present my uh, screen to show you the Hilton Head water spout these are pretty common down in the Hilton Head Edisto area uh, where these coastal breaks are you get this really light wind that kind of cuts through from the land breezing from inland to the to the ocean and then out in the ocean you have a very light sea breeze that meets it and that's all you need is about anywhere from three to seven knots of wind to get this rotation at the surface going, and then you build your water spout up to the top. Uh, this is a this classic water spout for the Hilton Head area. Uh, really neat to see, though. And the Weather Service did call it. They, they forecast that also probably for the next few days while we have a front sort of draped through the area. So we're, we're just sort of uh, mild and muggy right now, uh, a little bit on the cooler side, but definitely mosquito breeding weather. So uh, sea surface temperatures in mid-80s, about 85.5 degrees. And it looks like we're going to have sort of a weak pattern in the next few days. It might break on Friday. We make it the sea breezes back up to cool things down a little bit and get some get some air movement and get the stagnation out. So um, you know this these these are the days that we can't stand because you get this water. The ground is wet. You have standing water in places, and the mosquitoes just boy they they come out pretty bad here in the southeast. So um, with that said, I, I usually do a segment on tropics, but tonight we have Mike Boylan with us. He is with Mike's weather page and SpaghettiModels.com. He developed that website, which a lot of meteorologists, myself included, uh, we have been, you know, following his site for many, many years now. He's been an asset to the community, and he's been featured many times on the news and in other various sources. I think even some of the National Weather Service offices use his site from time to time uh, to get some quick access to products that he has, and he's put a lot of time and effort into it. I'll um, sort of introduce you, Mike, if you want to just tell us who you are. And, and, and also, uh, I know a couple of the guys here, Scotty and, and Ricky, would love to hear about NASCAR as well. You're really into NASCAR. You, you go to the NASCAR events and you also host RC car events. I mean, you're, you're a pretty busy individual. You keep your weather page going and you have all these hobbies and, and uh, your daughter's <laughs> softball as well. I mean, you, you're really involved with that. So um, go ahead and introduce yourself. Yep. Tell us a little bit about you. Yeah. Um, hey, guys. First off, thanks for having me on your show. And um I feel honored to be with some real meteorologists. <laughs> I've always joked I'm more of a amateur amateur meteorologist. Um, but yeah, the, the site has uh, been a hobby of mine. I started back in 2004, living here in Florida, when it was impossible to um, find spaghetti models. I mean, I, it was it was a constant search for me to try to figure out. You know, they, they'd show them on the news, and um, you know, find them on the internet was next to impossible. So I pretty much just designed the site originally for myself. Uh, I had a hidden domain, uh, you know, shared it with some friends and family. And uh, every year it's just been a, a hobby kind of progressing to, um, <laughs> to now 2000. What is it now? 2017. <laughs> so. 
So your focus is mainly on the tropics, but you, you've also started branching out. I've seen in the last couple of or two or three years, uh, sort of did some coverages into the wintertime as well. Even, even some of the storm activities in the spring, you, you jump on a little bit early. Uh, tell us a little bit about what got you involved with weather in the first place? Like what, what got you interested in weather? I, I think living in living in Florida uh, is, has been, you know, my biggest attraction to weather. You know, my, my grandfather used to track hurricanes, you know, going to Publix and getting the, the charts. Uh, my dad told me, you know, he's passed now, but my dad told me, you know, all, how he in the 50s and 60s. And, I, you know, I'm not exact on the years, but in the 50s, when they lived over in O'Galley, which is now Melbourne, they got hit like year after year, it seemed like. Uh, so I think it just got carried down, you know, into my blood basically. And, uh, you know, the hurricane seasons, like, I, you know, I, I still do the, to this day, like, you know, you go to bed, you have this big wonder what's going on with the cone. It's, you know, at the time it was only weather channel with their red cones, but you wake up in the morning, you know, and you're like, Oh God, the first thing you do is flip on the TV, you know, cause you're like, where's it going now? And, and if people share that same passion now, and you know, that's, that's the spaghetti models. It's the, what if the, you know, I was looking at the eight o'clock advisory that just came out now with our new system. And, you know, now the, the wording from the NHC is a little bit more, you know, not not acting like it's going to dissipate. Like, hey, you know, slow development may occur. So you, now that you get excited, you just, um, yeah, it's just hard to explain. But, I mean, there's thousands of people out there like us that, that love to track these things. I mean, it's it's a weird addiction. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. It's it's the big chase. We always, you know, I, I remember following Alex in January of last year and, and <laughs> the other folks at Weatherflip thought I was nuts. But I'm like, I'm telling you, the thing is, it's you know, it's, it's heading eastward and into warm waters. And so, yeah, I mean, we, we totally get we get the chase of it all. So you're you more or less you're more active with tropics. But do you find uh, that you're you're also just as interested in, in other weather as well during the other parts of the season that you started doing? Oh, de- definitely. Um you know, SPC uh, realm of their own. I mean, the, the website with all their products that the SPC has, you know, for especially in the springtime with tornadoes and even uh, for you guys coming up, there's a late front coming through, it looks like, and there's storms, you know, brewing like almost like a nor'easter. So, uh, you know, that, that's a great product. The wintertime, I, you know, I kind of shift focus on, on the winter and, and do a lot of snowfall potentials. And so, yeah, it, it's pretty much 20, you know, 365 days now. Um, but it seems like once uh, tropics start, I don't want to drown the page with, you know, everything else, try to keep it all tropics. But, yeah, the, you know, rainfall forecasts. I mean, it seems like every year I get more involved with, you know, this year, like we were talking yesterday, uh, your your expertise is Sal and, and the Saharan dust. And that's a whole topic on its own. But that seems to be the hot topic this year. And, you know, so, you know, there's always something to learn and, um you know, throw into the mix. I, I just think there's just so many variables. That's why, you know, there's no exact science. I mean, even the, the highest up experts are humbled a lot because these, these systems just do what they want, you know, and, and that keeps us all intrigued, I think. Yeah, I totally agree. We've seen that with rapid intensification of hurricane in the last couple of years where we're like, just, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's starting, the studies are starting to get deeper on, on what the cause of that is, but um, you have, quite a following. I mean, you have, uh, I, shoot, last year alone, you started doing Facebook Live. Um, tell us a little bit about your social media, sort of what you do. I mean, they, like you, when you go, you start the season out with hurricane season and then, you know, something comes up. What is your your sort of, uh, the, your method 
that you use? Well, yeah, the method on madness. Well, I read a, I read a lot of message boards. Um, I, I'm addicted to Weather Underground has a great blog. Uh, of course, Twitter now. I've I've gotten more involved with Twitter, and you you sort of you just start to get a gut feeling, I guess, on systems. On you know, you re, of course, Levi's site, Tropical Tidbits. Uh, before it was impossible, you know, possible to see really good clean models, but uh, now there's so many great models out there, and you know, with the GFS and Euro and UK, and you know, you just start to get a feeling. I, I guess what I do is, um, you, you know, you start to feel and hear the buzz. Uh, you make your own determination whether or not you're going to follow through and, you know, advertise that. Um, so a lot of times, you know, you're putting some out, something out there, you better be kind of confident that there's a chance. Um, so I'm, I'm usually, you know, I, I usually hesitant right away on if I'm going to mention something long term. But, you know, I, I'm not afraid to go out there, you know, 10 days out and, and nine times out of 10, the system will at least be a wave. You know, it might not turn into a full blown hurricane, but. You know, people like to stay ahead, I think, of the NHC as far as the what if scenario. And um, so that's, you know, that's where we're at. I mean, it's, you know, now this new wave coming up and I, I keep seeing so many posts about the MJO, some big wave, you know, next week, I guess, the some of that Kelvin wave or, you know, and that, that's a whole topic way above my head. Uh, but I do know the MJO is, is a huge, um, you know, factor with Atlantic suppression or um, uprising of storms. And, and, you know, so that next week we might be looking at a, a system race racing across the Atlantic. So that's my focus now is kind of feeling, you know, if that's going to be a reality or not. So I'll start putting that on social media and people share it and, you know, and the discussion starts. So it's just kind of a slow process, I guess. You, know, you get the ball rolling and you kind of feel the intensity come up because, you, you know, Facebook will show you views on a site, and you can get and, and uh, my website, I have a tracker on it. So, you know, I, I'll get a feeling on, you know, normally I'll put a post or a picture up and I'll get seven, 8,000 likes or a, a views. But when there's a system, it, it might go to 30, 40,000. So I know like, oh, my God, the public is like into this, you know. <laughs> so, Mike, you're, you're talking about social media um, and social media has really taken off, let's say, in the past three or four years, especially in the weather community. How have you seen that change what you do from pre-social media till now? Almost all the weather information you get is on social media before you yeah. even really do a lot of research. Well, yeah, you know, and it, it, it you, you you have seen a lot of people do like, I mean, my site's Mike's weather page. So I, I don't have any affiliation whatsoever as far as something official. But there are a lot of official sites out there, and I think – you know, the NHC is scared of that because I, they've shut some down and they, they've actually, you know, sh- shown some a couple of years ago. They were showing a lot of scare tactics. So I, I think there's a lot more people trying to do what I'm doing. And, and but my site to me is, you know, what I, what I do this for. So the social media is just a way for me to drive traffic basically to the site. And, um, you know, we have a good core group of fans. I think um, there's rarely anybody starting any trouble and, you know, everybody seems to have a good level head on their shoulders. And it, it's amazing that we can have thousands of people discuss, you know, and it, it ends up real civil. Um, so yeah, the social media is, is good and it's bad. I mean, it, it's definitely, I think going to be more of a problem down the road because there's going to be so much information. People aren't going to know who, who to follow. I mean, it, it amazes me hundreds and hundreds of people will say that like I'm their source of news, you know, and, and not that it scares me because, you know, it's good that I'm actually, you know, helping the community out. But, yeah, you know, who, you know, if, if these people are getting their source of news from somebody that's not being very responsible, you know, it's going to be, you know, and there's people out there doing that, you know, a lot of like, oh, my God, a cat five heading to Louisiana, you know, and 
So that, I think we're going to enter a time that's going to be um, it's going to have to get controlled, and that might be me too. But I, you know, I've wanted to change my name to like something official, but they're not going to kill Mike's weather page because who the heck's Mike? <laughs> <laughs> So I'll uh, follow up on that, Mike, and good to meet you. Uh, I've used your yes. site before, too. It's really, really good. Um, so talking a little bit about the social media aspect and kind of the responsibility that comes with that and, and uh, understand the same thing from, from my perspective here in Memphis. And um, it seems like once you once you start to get a following like that, then, you know, you're relied on people start. Uh, you know, asking for the information. And so I guess I'll ask a little bit about maybe, you know, the burden that you feel to, you know, not miss a storm, be there whenever uh, something comes up. And then, and then also maybe um, a follow on to that is, uh, you know, when the, most of the time when you get the, these large followings, most of the people have come to you and they're, you know, they already have this trust in you, but how much, how much do you get of, Oh, well, you know, you're talking about a storm 10 days out. This is just hype. You know, why are we paying attention to this? I think more of that comes with probably, you know, the, the TV stations and some of that kind of thing. But um, if you would touch on both of those. Right. Okay. Well, um, yeah, I do feel a little more tension now because there are so many people following. Um, I get a lot of, you know, questions, individual questions, and I actually try to answer them. But, you know, I don't want it life and death situations, especially like during Matthew, man. I had people asking me every, you know, every five minutes I get a text, should I evacuate? Should I not? And, you know, I try to make real clear, you know, follow, you know, National Weather Service or National Hurricane Center, you know. And um, so I'm very careful, I guess, in wording more than I used to be as far as if, you know, chances without any definites. So people, if I ever had to go back and say, hey, look, I said, you know, there is a, a slim possibility. Um, you know, but pe- people, you know, I, I think my tone goes up when I believe something's going to happen. And I think people sure. respect that. And, you know, I, you know, it's just been working. I, you know, it's hard to explain. Um, but I know, like you mentioned, the local meteorologists and, and weather channel and whatnot, they hate people like us because we can go out on a limb, you know, and with all these models at our disposal now, you know, they can't go out there and say, Hey, look, 10 days away, there might be a system near in the lesser Antilles because, you know, that <laughs> that's like a crapshoot. But, um, uh, you know, we can. And so you just better be right, I guess, when you're, you know, going to, and people are going to choose who to follow. I mean, that's the thing. I, I do know that. I, I see uh, people are real quick, real quick to unlike. And, uh, you know, that's just a game you play, I guess. <laughs> right. Yeah. I totally agree, Mike. There's, um, there's a, there's sort of a responsible way to do it. And then there's an irresponsible way to do it when you're talking about systems far out and, and especially in modeling uh, where, you never know. You never know if the, if the ECMWF, the, the Euro or the GFS are going to nail it at 10 days. But when you bring it up to your audience, uh, how you the, your manner of delivery and your method of delivery is, is very key. It's important. You do a pretty good job of that because you say, hey, look, we're looking at something right now. It's got some upper shear ahead or it's got, you know, you, mm-hmm. you put some science to it. Uh, so we're watching it. And then that gets people's ears tuned, which is mm-hmm. good because it brings awareness up that the tropics are active. Uh, we are in the hurricane season, and and we're 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 breaking complacency by doing that. So it's important that you uh, keep going. What? How do you convey that the message? Like you're looking at a system, you know these people are looking or watching for your input. Um, what sort of things do you look for when a tropical system starts to develop? When you go from a mm-hmm. wave to maybe even a, a depression? Well, like like this, like like for example, this this time of year, like. Well, I'm watching this front, too. I think I've seen this many seasons. You know, we're so focused on a system out in the Atlantic. You know, we're getting this 
front coming down all the way to Florida. You know, we're, we're expecting rain Monday, Tuesday, and it's a pretty potent little front. You know, sometimes we get the tail ends of these things and the golf spin up. Uh, so that's a little spot to watch. Like, I wouldn't put that out there now, but maybe in a day or two, if models keep showing the front, you know, holding together, coming down, I'll, I'll tease people with it. And, um, you know, dealing with the Atlantic, uh, with your sow, uh, upper shear, you know, you look at historical, you know, we're going into August. Uh, it's just, it's just common. You know, I, I think what happened in the last couple model runs on systems that never developed, people are getting so glued to, mo- you know, models that, um, you know, everywhere you look, you see somebody posting a model run and, Maybe people, you know, a little bit of common sense is is being lost as far as the factors that make up tropical systems. You know, um, and you know, somebody just posted. Like, oh, you know, we could we could try this screen share thing real quick. I don't know if it's going to work. I'm new to this, but uh, let's share it real quick. Let's see if you can pop it over here. This is um, an image I just saw today, just about an hour ago, showing the uh, water vapor for the Atlantic. And it's uh, it's pretty moist, you know. That, the, the reds and oranges. Uh, I'm not sure. You know, this is more mid level, um, upper level stuff. But you know, it's starting to show you that the, the Atlantic is getting a little moist, and uh, you know that's one one factor you look at, obviously. And um, so you you just kind of look at several factors, I think, when you um, talking about systems this far out, and e- even the wording now with uh, uh, NAC their eight o'clock advisory, you can kind of, you can kind of read in between the lines and their wording too. And now their eight o'clock says uh, slow development is possible over the next several days or earlier, you know, it said if, if it's, if it develops. So, um, you know, you just, uh, there's just so many factors, you know, there's this MJ, you know, I look at the MJ, Oh, Pulse coming, the sows kind of lifting up the systems, a little bit of a low rider. Um, so, you know, it's just every, it changes daily. <laughs> so you, you kind of got to go with trends. You can't you can't make knee jerk reactions too. Exactly. Give us a. Uh, we we want to get to some of the the viewer questions because they're starting to we're starting to see some questions coming up. Uh, I wanted to give you an opportunity real quick to present your website uh, and sort of briefly go over it if you want to pull that up or, or yeah. anything else that you want to present over the next uh, couple of minutes or so, and then we'll start to get to some of the viewer questions. Okay. Well, I mean, the site uh, is right here. I guess it's popped up. Uh, there's a million links on it. I, I you know, I, I, there's no magic to the site. I mean, like I said, it's, it originated as, is for, for uh, friends and family. And it's kind of for my personal <laughs> use. Like, I, you know, I put up, up top, I don't even think a lot of people notice these things, but you have um, Tropic stuff, one, two, three, and four. And these are cool pages that, um, some, you know, some people might not even know exist. Um, so I, you know, if you if you're ever bored one day, you know, anything blue is a link, and uh, these are all the cool tools that people post online. And you're like, oh man, how how they find that? So what I'll do is I'll find it, and basically it's for me, <laughs> you know, for my own. You know, this is a real popular one that um, uh, they were posting a lot last year, and it took me forever to find it. But it's it's the ensemble tracks of um here. Let's get to uh, let's see right here. There we go. These are the pop up, you know, and some. It's more EFS, but so you know, I got you know, Hurricane Recon uh, from the National Hurricane Center. So, all the you know, pretty much it's a smorgasbord. You know, one time Jim Cantori called it a one stop shop. <laughs> um, I got some cool links up here. People sent me, um, you know, 16 day forecast, uh, you know, which let me see if it'll work, work here for a little tomorrow, but it's it's pretty cool. I mean, uh, you know. 
I, I think I have more links on there that people even realize. But as far as the big, big heavy stuff, you know, we got the um, you know water water temps, uh, the, the heat potential showing the depth of the uh, the water, which is definitely getting more uh, impressive here. This is this is the heat potential that actually reaches down below the sea surface, um, and that looks pretty high for this time of year. So that's you know all signs pointing to you know potential tropics heating up. You know we got your your wind shear maps. As this one's being shared a lot lately. Um, something new they added this year was the color, so it makes makes life a whole lot easier showing you know the different ranges of the um, the speed and then your upper level winds are in peach. So it's a, it's a good tool. You can see upper level lows here. Um, we've got one down there by Key West. You know, we got Africa. You know, I got Africa links. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I you know, the, um, you know, you were mentioning to me last night, we're going to have a new ASCAT or something similar to it with the winds. But this is a site that everybody always clicks on when we get initial systems um, before we can get, you know, hurricane hunters out there. Yeah, that's so, a neat I think I think uh, the Cygnus uh, rocket launch from last year put up a, an eight constellation satellite system that's going to be enhancing or supplementing the advanced scatterometer readings. So you see that the surface winds there. Uh, that's how we're getting Dvorak technique or method of uh, naming a system without having recon go into it. So mm. that's a that's a neat product. But yeah, I mean you have that in there. You've got this. Um, Looks like yeah, this a is a real water map here. Yeah, this is this is another one that a lot of people share, um, and it shows you the you know the moisture in the atmosphere. And you can definitely uh, when we get a system, you'll start to see spin. Like this is the the uh, ITCZ down here, uh, but this you know you'll you'll see right here, like right now, you you know uh, right below the um, about thirty near in the you know thirty mark. There, we're starting to see a little spin. Uh, so it's another good tool. I mean, it shows, you know, it definitely shows you there's, there's moisture down there and you'll, you'll definitely, you know, you'll start to see a spin work its way across another good tool for that. And, you know, I love the, uh, surface analysis charts. Um, always a good tool, you know, for local forecasts. In fact, there's yours uh, for a couple of days from now showing our front coming in with uh, some pretty big flooding and uh, severe storm risk, something you really don't see this late in the year. So these, these fronts dipping down are something new this year, I've noticed. I don't know about you guys, but it seems like they're coming down a little farther south than normal. Um, yeah, we got yeah, they, the, usually, they usually come here to die. We even had uh, Helicity Designs, which I'm going to mention them on the show tonight. Uh, <laughs> to have a shirt, and I have it. I'm going to bring it on and show it in a little while. Uh, I finally got mine. It says, where fronts come to die, and it has a, a picture of the southeast region. So <laughs> Well, uh, this year's Florida. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so you, you can see the spin. This is another thing I learned. You know, every year I'm learning something. Like I said, I don't, I don't claim to be an expert or anything. But this, um, these winds down here, you know, it, it, it's fascinating to see the clash of winds develop. And, you know, we get this spin on these systems. And, uh, you know, with, with the uh, null school map here now, you can really see the directional winds and um, these systems, you know, break off. So this this one's definitely got a shot. I mean, it's got the winds, you know, whether or not it can separate itself. Um, but it's tightening, you know, it's tightening up a little bit. That's probably why the NHC they bumped it up to thirty percent now. So I'm sure this is a tool. You know, there's so many tools to look at, but this definitely showing you the tight little wrap up. You know, trying to form down there. But you know, of course, we got Ural's link here, the wind alert site with the 
a million buttons there on its own, <laughs> which I use all the time for wins. I love it. And we thank you for that. Especially boating here in the Tampa Bay. Uh, but that's, you know, that's a quick rundown. I mean, we got uh, yeah, endless, endless. And, then, you know, as I tell my fans all the time, you know, every every week or two I'll get a link to a, to a you know, new, new page or something, and I'm, I, and I'm more than happy to put it on. So, you know, anybody out there watching, you know, I, I found this full screen radar the other day, which is, you know, super clean, which uh, Google Earth, I really love it. Um, so it's, it's, it's always changing. <laughs> it's like a menu. <laughs> You guys pick the menu and I'll put it on there. So, um, Okay. I think we need to go ahead and go to James and he's going to start. We have some viewer questions and some viewer commentaries from Facebook. Is that correct? We do. That is right, Shay. Uh, Mike is getting lots of love. We'll go ahead and pop uh, some of these questions up on the, uh, the screen here. Uh, and we do have one uh, particular question that came in that I wanted to uh, maybe ask Mike or, or even expand it out to our panelists to get a vibe for what they're seeing. But uh, this is Stephen watching tonight on Facebook Live. Stephen, thanks so much for liking Mike's weather page and the Carolina Weather Group. Uh, he is in the Florida Panhandle and wants to know kind of our take on uh, whether or not uh, we might start to see an in August uptick, whether we're seeing signs for that out there or or even just statistically if we start to see an uptick uh, in in August. And, uh, uh, Mike, you want us to come to you first, or, or should we go through our panel and discuss the month of August uh, a little? Yeah, I think I've hogged your all show enough. <laughs> <laughs> you, I want to hear what you have to say because I, I need to learn some information here. <laughs> well, what about you, Shay? You live along the, the coast. Uh, are you watching anything in particular, or, or the August month uh, in general? Does that stick out to you? Oh, I think Shay must have just went to go get his Helicity's Design T-shirt. Uh, <laughs> I'll jump in from you know from a climatological yeah, standpoint. Yeah, we we typically do start to see somewhat of an increase as we go into August. Um, really, I think the the main thing in my mind that's still going to be a determining factor is dry air coming off Africa. We've had a ton of dry air recently, and we're going to have to see what happens to that and uh, whether anything can get going. I thought it was interesting though. Um, how we've already had a few deep tropical systems so far this year. Um, be interesting to see, Mike, if that continues as we go into August and September. Um, yes, and uh, I, I think I, I just think we are. I don't, I don't know. You just get that feeling that um, you know, not that we're due, but just um, I think the dry air is slowly, you know, lifting away and. You know the hot the the sea surface temperatures are you know boiling hot and this high you know the high pressure in the Atlantic is pretty strong. Um, you know we're eventually going to get into one of those patterns where it's going to kick these suckers you know more west. Um, and yeah, I, I just don't see um, I don't see anything suppressing it. This is my hunch. I don't know. <laughs> and, and Mike, what you have up on the screen right now is is always a good factor too, because uh, folks might may not realize that each month we have kind of a traditional set of, of currents and winds, and and what you have up on the screen here is August in particular. Yes. Um, there you go. Yeah, you, and, and I'll switch it. Um, this is August now. Let's go. I'll go to um, July. Now look at the huge difference. I mean, here's July, <laughs> and and this is you know NOAA uh, NHC. Base. I think it's, it's maybe a hundred year uh, history. I'm not hundred percent on that, but you know, look at July, we have almost nothing. Okay. And then it's bam, you know, August, you know, it like gets going. And then we go to, you know, people forget September. You think, you know, holy cow, it's getting toward the end of the year. And it, and that's really our, and think about Sandy, that was what October. So 
uh, we got three more months of, you know, heavy, heavy tropical season coming up. Yeah, and absolutely. Mike, that's a, that's oh, go ahead, point. Shay. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to make one quick point. Know, know that we've had four named storms in the, in the Atlantic Basin this year. And the accumulated cyclone energy is is extremely low, where we should be at like a, a number. And I know viewers may not be aware of these numbers, but a six is, is still kind of low. Uh, and that's based off of maybe one or two small systems. But we've had four named storms, and we're only at 3.735. So that means there's been a lot of factors at work to working against these systems, even though there's been some development in the main development region. Um so Mike has up here, he has the Saharan air layer. This has been a, a really important factor. And then Mike, I'll let you go ahead and explain. Uh, yeah, well, that's your sex. <laughs> I've, I've learned it all from you. But there is a phenomenon, you know, with dry air blowing in off of Africa. And uh, it, it's actually dust. I mean, bottom line, it, it, it dries. Uh, it's dry air in the upper, you know, middle to upper atmosphere, but it's actual dust. And they, they talk about it all the way to, you know, Miami here in Florida. It'll make like beautiful sunsets, um, but you can see it curling off of Africa right here. This is, um, I think it's probably about a four day, four or five day track here. Um, but yeah, you know, then you'll get these pockets. Like right now, our, our system that NHC is watching actually has a, a little um, break in, in the dust. The red's the heavy stuff. And, uh, it has, you know, in the head of it, it looks like it's thinning out a little bit. And it, it, I've seen, I mean, you all have seen it many times. And one thing I have learned over the years is uh, soon as soon as a system digests any amount of dry air, you, you know, these systems will build a, a moisture field um, and they could, they could spin on their own. You know, larger systems obviously have a harder time with a moisture field. But one man, once this dry air gets involved, in you know, intrudes into the, the middle upper atmosphere, it just, boom, it's like, lights out death, you know, and I think that's why the NHC, uh, you just never know. You don't know if the system's going to ingest it or not. And, uh, you know, this, this typically dies down in August. Uh, and then these systems are like, you know, full speed ahead. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of uh, August, uh, Mike, if memory serves me correct, and, and I thank Austin uh, Reed, who was uh, watching on Facebook uh, for reminding me of this, that 2004-2005 season, this is kind of when that gas pedal went all the way down to the floor and really started to explode. I, I'm curious to know, looking back on years like that, uh, what sticks out uh, from years past, like a 2003, 2004, 2005, Mike, in your experience that, that kind of sticks out uh, in your mind when you look back at the history of, uh, of your monitoring and, and your website? Well, you know, I, I just got started in those years, uh, but we had these systems, you know, coming off off of Africa, and uh, they they had no, you know, we had low shear and no dust. It seemed like, and, and they, you know, we had four back to back to back. I mean, I remember living here, and we had G, uh, Hurricane Charlie came up, uh, which actually formed down more uh, in the Caribbean. But then we had uh, Gene, um, and. Uh, my little map here. This actually, this, this, this I don't know. You got well. We'll slip it here in a minute. But we had uh, Gene, Francis, Charlie, and Ivan that year all hit Florida. <laughs> so um, and Gene and and uh, um, uh, Ivan the following year. You know, or uh, uh, Katrina the following year. Those were some pretty big storylines. So I, I think I think the high pressure was stronger then. You know, allowing these systems to push more of a direct path. And the last few years, it seems like the high pressure has uh, not have been as dominant. So these systems, you know, started to curve um, into the end of the 2000s and, early, or, you know, early, 
early 2010, 11, 12, it seemed like we didn't have these systems make it make their way towards the U.S. coast. So I, I guess if I was to say they want stronger high pressure, you know, enabling these systems, and that's kind of what the setup is, it seems like this year, because the high pressure seems really strong right now. So uh, Mike, Mike, do you factor in the La Nina years? Uh, I think 2010-11 became like more of a La, La Nina pattern. Um, you know, we're sort of in neutral phase right now. I think we're, we're leaning towards another El Nino, but it's really uncertain right now. How, how do you feel that may factor into this year's forecast? Uh, honestly, like la, you know, the the I just I haven't been as sold, I guess, with those forecasts. Maybe. You know, it seems like more home homegrown systems have have formed on years. You know that we were, you know, we're not not supposed to have these Atlantic systems pop up. I, I think we're always prone to homegrown systems. You know, in the Gulf or Caribbean or off the the coastal U.S. Um, you know, this year, you know, after our MDR, you know, main development region uh, season is when we we shift back towards you know close to home. So what makes this season possibly a little more active than others is we might have more Atlantic systems that we haven't had in years past. I think we're, we're definitely going to have end of the year systems, you know, close to home uh, in the Caribbean and all. I mean, you know, the water's blazing hot and uh, just typically shears almost non-existent. Um, it just comes down to dry air, but you know, I think that's why everybody's bumped up their forecast this year. Just, uh, it just seems like the Atlantic, you know, with Africa already spitting off a lot of waves way early in the season. Now, here's a good map right now of, you know, current current Africa satellite. And, uh, you know, it's just already spitting them out, you know. And, and that's the experts say, you know, when, when it's real active this early in the year for Africa, you know, they're going to be the next couple months, you know, more than more than average. Uh, Mike, as we're looking at your screen share, uh, did I hear you at one point uh, reach for like a map? Do you, do you have something there in your oh. home office that is uh, <laughs> a, a, of uh, of particular interest to share? Well, yeah. Well, I I told Shay last night we had a, a make sh- we had a little practice. Um, let's see if it comes up here. This this is my uh, Florida map from when I started. Let's see, two thousand four. I'll try to get the glare off of it here, but uh, it shows. Uh, yeah, all four of our storms coming through Florida. Wow. Yeah, very, very busy year for you to uh, yeah, right good here. timing on the site. Yeah, and then there was one spot in Florida that actually had all three systems. It was in the middle. I think it was frostproof or something. But it had Charlie go through it, um, Francis went through it, and then Gene went through it all in the same year. I mean, those, those poor people, they evacuated to the center of the state and got hit by, you know, three hurricanes. <laughs> Yeah, that was wild. I remember, I remember watching all that and just, you know, the National Guard coming in, people trying to come home, then they were told to leave, and yeah. then they come home well, again, they were told to leave, and, and wow. Yeah, that was well. That was if you look busy. At, yeah, look at Gene. Like, we haven't had this in a long time. And this, yeah, this always, this always reminds me, like, when we see spaghetti models and the, the certainty of models, and none of the models will ever do this little loop-de-doop anymore. And it did it that year. Gene actually was was forecast to go out to sea and it ran into a huge high pressure and then it got kicked right back into Florida. Um, and I don't believe the models then were forecasting that. In fact, I'm pretty certain they weren't. I'll have to do some history. And then, of course, uh, well, you asked before some of my fondest memories growing up, but in 85, uh, Hurricane Elena off the coast of Florida, um, 
we had family in town. It was later in the year, I think Labor Day weekend. It was uh, Jerry Lewis Telethon, and that system just sat out there, spun around in circles, and they didn't know where it was going. You know, we haven't had one of those in a while, and we will again. So that that's really going to make people crazy because the models aren't going to show. You know, and that's what happened with Sandy. You know, we we had the battle of the. Um, High pressure, you know, GFS had it, you know, finding a hole and going up to sea and uh, Euro had a blocking high pressure and pushed it back into the upper, you know, northeast. And that's always a battle. Mike, that's a that's a good point you bring up there. And, and this is um, something we, we bring up pretty um, frequently when we talk about the tropics. I, I know we had Hurricane Matthew last year that kind of brushed Florida. Uh, at one point it was forecasted to come inland there near Cape Canaveral. Uh, but it kind of brushed Florida. We did have Hermine last year. It was a Category 1. But it's been, I think, since 2005 since we've had a major hurricane that's actually hit the peninsula of Florida. You live in the Tampa Bay area, which has been really um, kind of sheltered. What is your thoughts there in the Tampa Bay area? and In general, the whole population of Florida, you know, we're going on 10, 11 years since a major hurricane has hit that state. And, and I'm sure, you know, there's people that come in and, and set up residency in Florida all the time that's just really not experienced that. No. And, you know, the Tampa area is um, really – it's well, it's not scary. It's just uh, – we're on a – Pinellas County is on a little peninsula. And, and, of course, we've had a tropical storm come through the bay. I think it was Andrea maybe a couple of years back. I had to check on that, but I mean, we had the bridges closed. I mean, it, it actually storm surge just from a tropical storm raised, you know, we lost all three bridges. They had to close down and then the skyway bridge will shut down for high wind. Um, so yeah, it could be uh, a mess, you know, as far as evacuations go. Um, and the, uh, you know, Matthew was a, a good test. I mean, it, it didn't, it didn't make that turn, which was a good thing. And all the winds were tight, you know, and again, a lot of cry wolf syndrome, um, I hate it for, you know, the weather world is, is you know, you, you always, pre, you know, expect the worst. And, and, of course, when it doesn't happen, the next time it does happen, you know, people are going to get caught off guard. But, you know, the, the winds are so tight that just a couple shifts, that's what we were talking so much about with Matthew, you know, 20-mile shift to the west, holy moly, it would have wiped out the whole east coast of Florida, you know. Mm-hmm. Very lucky. Uh, mm-hmm. So, it's, you know, it, it's just, it's going to happen. It's It's just I mean, you know, I, I, you know, insurance rates are still high from 04 um, tourism's back, but yeah, it, it'll, 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 it'll set Florida back. No doubt. And you live in Oldsmar in the Tampa Bay area. So Hermine came kind of close there too. I mean, you had some of that southerly, uh, southerly component to it. Um, nothing along the Gulf coast in several years. What do you think about that? Yeah, that's odd. And I think, yeah, you, you get, you get, uh, in trouble for saying it's overdue, but I mean, this it's, it is overdue. I mean, it, you know, if you look at the, the golf, it's just blazing hot, you know, and um, I, you know, all these uh, signs, you know, the Caribbean toward the end of the year, it's, it's just, I think we're, we're bound. I mean, look at the Pacific right now, you know, they always say when the Pacific's active, it's, it's like an old wise tale, you know, when the Pacific's active, Atlanta is slow. Well, Pacific is extremely active. And if it has anything to do with the Kelvin way or MJO and it shifts over to our side, then some of the Twitter feeds I'm reading from, from higher up experts are really expecting a, a big boom in August. If, if that energy from the Pacific shifts over to the Atlantic side. 
Yeah, if they get enough energy, uh, if they get in enough storms, it'll just cool the surface. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and I don't understand how Pacific know. can always fire. Um, you know, God, they, they just seem like one storm after another, and it doesn't slow them down, you know. But we've had hurricanes defy odds and head up to the northeast sometimes, you know, and, and even NHC is like, well, they shouldn't, it shouldn't even be happening, and it happens. <laughs> That's what I mean. The yeah. science sometimes is um, – uh, yeah, there's just too much science. There's just too many, too many variables yeah, Sandy had everybody stumped. That was more of a sort of a hybrid. Uh, you know, it's caught everybody off guard. It was right. called Didn't Superstorm. It was called Frankenstorm. And in the <laughs> end, else? it was Hurricane. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you get these morphed type of more maybe even um, asymmetrical type storms that can make it all the way up there. I mean, and, and there's a warm body of water up there now. So, I mean, there's all kinds of factors. We had well, yeah. Callan on earlier uh, before the season, and he, he pointed out a few things. But, you know, there's always – there's always the wow factor on some of the things. And then other times you say, well, you know, we didn't even hit our marks for this year. Yeah. And of course people hate predictions. Um, they always update the predict- predictions and whatnot. Uh, so yeah, it, it, I don't get into predict- predictions as much. I mean, it only takes one for sure. Look at Matthew last year. I can even, I can even hardly remember the names in front of Matthew just because that was such a storyline. And yeah, it's Sandy a couple years before that. So we're always going to have that one system and, uh, you know, we just have to be ready for it. I think, uh, you know, it's just, it's just like tomorrow, you know, no, well, you know, we've had these suckers spin up and um, like I said, the system in the golf, you know, we get that front coming down. Next thing you know, we might get a yellow circle, you know, on a Monday or Tuesday and the golf coast to be watching tropics. <laughs> so real quick, we, we want to, um, we're start, start, starting to get towards the nine o'clock hour. Um, one question I have for you was, and we kind of touched on this last night, when you're going through your daily routine, when we have a full moon tropical system or tropical cyclone, name storm, however you want to call it, uh, you're tracking it. It looks like it's going to be a threat to land or even not. And you're, you're sort of going through the motions, talking to people. Um, what is your method to that? Because I think we all sort of go through this chaos with it, you know, with the NHC updates and then the GFS right. updates and then the Euro updates and the timing. Uh, give right. us a day in the life of Mike Boylan during a tropical wow. cycle. Well, you know what? Oh, I have a lot of this monster energy drink. <laughs> and uh, I do like my beer and all. And I actually, I'm so addicted to hurricanes, I will not drink during hurricane coverage. I have to make the uh, 11 o'clock you know, NHC update. I have to make the new or midnight GFS run. I got to make the 2 a.m. Euro run. So I usually go to bed. Uh, I usually, I'll wake up at five o'clock to see the, the new NHC advisory because, you know, the intermediate advisories don't give you a new track. So it's um, 5 a.m. for that. And then, you know, 6 a.m. is the new GFS. So there's always like an hourly something or other that you're watching. Um, and you're like, oh crap! I got you know, eight o'clock's coming. Let's work. You know, our, our recons out. You know, the hurricane hunters will be flying. You want to see the latest pass? Um, so it, it's like an ongoing. I mean, you know, they develop so slow, but yet the data comes in every hour as far as what's next. And and then uh, over the years, I've evolved to understand ensembles. In fact, um, you know, I got caught many many years ago relying solely on operational runs. And actually a couple of good Mets in my area, you know, educated me on, hey, you got to look at ensemble runs because they, they give you a sign into the future sometimes. So, you know, you, you got to wait for the ensemble runs to run after the operational run. So, you know, you start looking at those and then you say, oh, hey, we're starting to see a shift. And then, you know, and I'll throw it out there on social media. Yeah, because you always get a windshield, windshield wiper effect. Always. You always get a flip flop. Uh, 
you, you'll get a panic, you know, set in. Oh my God, the models are you know heading toward Houston, and then and then you know like even Katrina, you know, shifted around. So you got to stay up ahead of the curve as far as um, these shifts in the model runs, and uh, that's you know what I like to do. I mean, as far as uh, the progression of a system, like let's say the one that's out there right now, you know, I'll just casually watch the models. I will read Twitter. I'll read Facebook. I'll read the Weather Underground sites and. People put up a lot of good data and, you know, you just formulate your own opinion of it. Hey, it's something we're going to watch. And then you'll start seeing. And then once it's an invest, it's like game on, you know, uh, once a system, we haven't talked about invest yet, but invest has become like the new tropical name system because um, once, once we get an invest, it's, it's, you know, spaghetti models run, it starts getting into news more, more data out there, hurricane hunters head in. So um, yeah, you know, it's it, it evolved. A new yeah. term this year that for the viewers out there, a new term that NHC is going to be using is the potential tropical yeah. cyclone. We've had two uh, so not to be confused with post-tropical cyclone, but potential tropical cyclone if it's going to be affecting land. So it's basically an invest that may be affecting land. Um, there's a little bit of gray area there. I think it's going to take some time to get used to. So um, how, how much do you weigh in on NHC? Do you put a lot of your, your sort of um, – focus and wait on them to take the burden off of you or, or do you sort of handle uh, it on your own and get the words, your own words out there? Well, I have learned NHC is very slow, which is good. I mean, they do not make knee jerk reactions they, they very gradually increase percentages and gradually decrease percentages. So they're very, you know, they don't react quick on individual model runs. So uh, I think they're a little bit more hesitant to talk about a, a potential system before all of us, you know, see it. And, and, and that's rightfully so they can't, you know, scare the public. But sometimes I've, I've been a little bit more, you know, at fault with them because they have not talked about a potential like when it's closer to home. Um, so, I, you know, I, I know they got to be hesitant. And, and I think 99 percent of the time they, they, they do an awesome job. But, yeah, I, I read into their wording and, um, you know, they're looking at the same stuff we're all looking at. They just have to be the official public you know, announcement for these things and not create panic. <laughs> so. We can do that <laughs> without without causing panic. And James, do we have any other feedback on Facebook or any of the social media channels? That's yeah, a great a lot question. of chatter. Seems like a lot of chatter, not a lot of questions. I mean, some of the questions are uh, you know, we're try, we try to get to all of them, but. We have quite a few tonight, and so we do thank everyone who is uh, joining us tonight, not only on the Carolina Weather Group uh, Facebook page, Twitter, Periscope, uh, YouTube, and all those other places, but also watching tonight on, on Mike's Weather page on Facebook. So, uh, Mike, thank you to your community who has uh, joined us tonight and showing up uh, in force uh, to support you. Uh, lots of great questions coming in, uh, lots of love as well. Uh, Elizabeth wants to know, will this be a replay? She missed most of tonight's show. Yes, it will. Uh, stay right here on Facebook, Elizabeth, because when this is over, a real play or it will be on our uh, YouTube channel. Uh, let's see if I got other, other, any other questions as I, as I uh, fish through all of this, uh, this love here for you, Mike. Uh, <laughs> Bill watching from St. Petersburg, Florida. Uh, let's see. Uh, Robert mentioning scary living through curfews and things. Uh, so it sounds like uh, maybe Robert's been a, through a few storms. Uh, and, and Sean commenting uh, that uh, it was fun living in Orlando during those years. And Mike, I think he was referring to uh, those years you mentioned where there was one storm after another, after another. Yeah. And I myself was actually vacationing in Florida during Charlie and remember very well piling six people into a, 
about a four person size car and then driving the heck out of there because the airport was closed. Yeah. Well, the, um, gener- um, I, I live that. And let me tell you what hurricane clips, plywood generators, gas. I mean, these are things that, you know, you're, you're, you're without power for two, three, four weeks, you know, and, um, it, it affected. And then I here here. Okay. Here's one thing you mentioned about the NHC that I always get a bug about is, they always show tropical storm warnings coastal and uh, weather channel does an awesome job this year. I always steal their graphics, but they show inland warnings and watches because I think too much is put on, on the coastlines and they don't realize, you know, people all the way to the whole, I mean, the whole half of Florida was, had a hurricane. You would hurricane gene. So uh, that, I think that caught a lot of people off guard. Like, Oh my God, we're in Lakeland, Florida. We're living in the middle of Florida and we got a hurricane warning, you know, so that that's maybe over the years has evolved a little better. I, I would like to see their graphics go more into land because uh, they do not use they don't show you know how far inland you're going to get systems. But, but yeah, Orlando was um man. I remember the tarps on the roofs. There was I mean, you drive the B line and yep it, it was uh, it was it was it's it was rough. I was at Disney World, and uh, as as anyone who lives in Florida or has a vacation there knows, that is quite the operation. And I remember we were at Epcot, and we would go into a ride, and you'd come back out. And every time we came back out of a ride, another layer of the park was gone. First, the concessions <laughs> were gone, then the trash cans, then the plants. And what wasn't able to be removed from the park, they were bolting down with chains. And I think yep. at that point, oh we looked God. at each other and went, we should, we should probably leave now. Wait a minute. You were still <laughs> riding rides, and they're, like, taking down Disney World, and you're still riding mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, the folks in front of us online uh, turned to us at one point and said, "You have a car? Can we ride with you?" <laughs> they too, they too were stranded. That is, um, that, is oh, sorry. that is hurricane hunting one hundred and one. That is <laughs> Disney World. Ride it out of Disney World. Yeah, yes, James, um, we, we will shame you on this show if you do that again. <laughs> There's hurricane oh, shaming now. You know that, right? That's the I new know. that's the new thing that developed last year was everyone was storm shaming. Everyone, you're if you do, danged if you don't. Everyone watching, this was before James was part of this show. So just. You, yeah, it was probably before YouTube. Uh, Mike, technical question for you as we come up here in the 9 o'clock hour. Um, how has your website evolved over the years? What have you learned? What do you rely on for, for your website building? Did you have a background in that as you came into it? Uh, yeah. Uh, yes. I, I mean, I, I did go to school for marketing. Um, so I figured this is kind of a marketing project, you know, getting the word out. And then I did take a lot of HTML classes at college. And, uh, it was an, you know, like it was a hobby originally, but, uh, you know, like I said, it, it's been a lot of years of taking requests from fans. Um, when I see a message board and, and see a new graphic, you know, I'll be quick to like, Oh man, that thing's awesome. Um, like right now, let me share this new one that I, I really like. It's an experimental one that shows, um, the, uh, it, it doesn't have the, the Euro on there, but it, it's, it's just another product that's out there that gives you a good estimate you know we're up to 61 percent chance from the cmc and uk met yeah, so i'll add that to the site so I, you know it's every year just a little bit more a little bit more um and uh you know it's it's <laughs> it's definitely evolved I, I i could probably find the original site one day and it was back with ivan i think ivan was in 2005 mm-hmm. that was the last known website I can find on old web archives and it was pretty basic. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, it's been fun. I really enjoy it. We are in the era of data for sure. 
So it is really fun. Uh, any other questions from the panelists? I think we're I think we're good to go here, Mike. Uh, I I think there's one more thing I wanted to add was you have an, an app that you started this year, correct? Yeah, it, it, uh, the the app is kind of a. It's, I, I'm not an app maker by any means, but I have had a lot of requests, especially for people live down down in the islands, Bahamas. Uh, you know, sailboats that can't access the site because of bandwidth. Uh, so one feature I did add on the app, which I pay money on, is uh, that's why we charge for the app. But it takes a screenshot of, this, of the site. It's an API program. So it, when you access, you know, when you click on that, it gives you an, app, an image of the site. So you can reduce your bandwidth tremendously and get, you know, real-time up-to-date information. And then, of course, I add some links. And, and we do have a system. It's, real, it's, it's a lot cleaner to just click a button for Invest95 and see the various models and all. So it, it, it's an experiment, you know, I'm not, it'll never take over the website by any means. It, it's just, I've had a lot of requests over the years to do it. So I, I did it. <laughs> is that on, is that available on iTunes or? Oh, yeah, it's, it's both. yeah it's, it's both. And I do have a link on the site. Um, if they go on the top left in the site, there, there's a link for it. Yeah. And, and it's, it's had, you know, I've, I've had a few hundred people already down. I think I'm with almost a thousand. So it's good, you know. It it pays for itself, and um, but the site, the site's a bread and butter. I mean, I, you know, that's my baby. And as long as people still use PCs, I hope, because uh, if people stop using PCs, I'll be out of luck with the website. Or or you'll just have to evolve into to whatever's next. I think you know, folks use Apple and Linux and whatnot. But I think we're gonna um, go ahead, Scotty. I'm gonna kick it back to you. As we wrap up the show, we usually do what tweet of the week. We we started doing that. Yeah. And um, I know Eric's got something. He told me not to take his thunder earlier today. So we'll <laughs> start with him. Yeah. And uh, Mike, before we start this, uh, one last thing. How can, how can we follow you? I know you have website, your app, social media. Tell us how uh, our followers can follow you. Okay. Well, uh, Facebook is uh, Mike's weather page. And on Twitter, it's Tropical Update. And I do have links on the site, spaghettimodels.com. There's a link up top that will have the links to Facebook and Twitter. And, you know, emails, you know, feel free to email me. And uh, like I said, I, I usually answer 99% of the messages. Awesome. And I'm, I'm going to pressure James here because I know he normally does this. But as he recaps on our website, we'll be able to maybe uh, plug in your website in our recap on the website. If that makes cool. sense. <laughs> We'll link to you if you link to us. Yeah, that's, oh, yeah, it. that's yeah. right. <laughs> that was supposed to be like a um, Italian mobster deal voice, but I just remember that I don't <laughs> do impersonations very well, so I'm not sure what that was. <laughs> All right. I'll just I'll just stick to the live streaming. All right. Well, let's uh, let's let's go to our tweets of the week. And Mike, if you, uh, I know we probably didn't tell you this, but if you want to surf on Twitter for a second. And, uh, yeah. Maybe if you've uh, seen something on Twitter that interests you, this is kind of a new segment we're going to do. So, Eric, I see that you have yours. I haven't pulled mine up yet. So, Eric, I want to toss to you first, and we'll go around the panel. All right. I have to I have to apologize to Shay because I did tell him, don't take that tweet. That's going to be my tweet. And then uh, I actually found something that uh, fits in with more about what we were talking about here tonight. So I'm going to uh, share this with you. All right. This is uh, This is one I saw three or four days ago. Really interesting graphic um, by 
uh, Harrison Tran. It said, this is every model cane the GFS has produced so far this hurricane season. <laughs> so check that out. This is why we don't look at 384 hours and say, oh, my goodness, we're going to see this one in 26 days. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that's what the GFS has produced as far as tropical systems in the last uh, basically two months. That's awesome. Yep. Ricky, Ricky, I see Hampton Roads a couple of times. <laughs> And yeah, a couple of doomsday scenarios in Charleston. Thank you to the Saharan air layer is all I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, and it's got some strong ones. It has some category twos, threes, and fours getting pretty close there over the to the East Coast. So anyway, that's, that's why we don't go out on a limb uh, that far out. That's great. That's great. All right. Anybody else? Uh, I have one, but I was going to – anybody else have one they want to share? I'm looking. Let's see, I can. I've got one. I'll put up on screen. Let me end Eric's presentation. Thank you. Sorry. Up. And let me know when you can see it. So this is uh, one of the shelf clouds from today. That this is the one that came down from the northeast. Uh, this is from Brian Ross, otherwise known as Kentucky Ross, on Facebook. And he was out with, I think he was with the SCDNR, so the Department of Natural Resources boat on a research mission out in the ocean they were several miles out and the shelf cloud came along it's really it's just a a very radial very symmetrically just sort of a beautiful sight to see uh where it's it's basically an, an encroaching shelf cloud with heavy rains behind it so you can see that you can almost see the winds uh really kicking up behind it maybe in the far distance some of the capping going on but just a beautiful sight so that's that's my tweet of the day outside the water spout that i saw i thought this one just had some just Beautiful features to it. So saw, that's my tweet of the week. I saw someone share that on your page, and I thought that was really cool. Really cool picture. Uh, I'll share mine next, and uh, I've actually got two, if that's okay. Is that all right? No. Maybe. All right. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> this first one uh, is uh, James actually put the, uh, the – talking about the Birmingham flooding earlier today. Uh, this was off of James Spann's Twitter feed. As you can see – there's a full-size car floating Oof. down a river. <laughs> mm. Not, not so, just floating, but like with ease. That yeah. just goes to show the force of that water. Yeah, so <sighs> crazy. I've got a comment on that real quick, too, because my sister lives down there in Birmingham, and she said she went through that area about 15 minutes before the storm started, um, right through the Vestavia area there outside of Birmingham, so. I said, thanks for getting out of there quickly. Quickly. Yeah, that was, that was crazy. And my second one, uh, congratulations to our good buddy, Brad Panovich. He was voted the AMS Broadcaster of the Year today. Very well deserved. I, I'm sure you all follow WX Brad on Twitter. And if you don't, you need to. Uh, Brad's an overall great guy and very dedicated to informing not only us here in the Carolinas, but everywhere around the country about the weather. So, uh, for me, and I think everyone else here at the Carolina Weather Group, we want to congratulate Brad for uh, that award, and that's that's a pretty big deal. He uh, gets to uh, pick up this award in January at the AMS Broadcast uh, Conference, so uh, congratulations to Brad Panovich on winning this year's uh, AMS Broadcaster of the Year. What an and honor. Good job to him. It is. That's my tweets of the week. Anybody else have any? I think I see something from Ricky. Maybe? No? Ricky's gone. Mike, I think it's Mike. Well, you guys threw me in there. I had to look really quick. But this, this one just strikes me because I, I, I boat a lot here in Florida. Um, this is from Jeff Gammons. But it was liked by our local Paul Delegato on uh, Channel 13 Fox. But uh, I've seen that a lot. I'm sure you all have seen a lot. <laughs> but oh, yeah. that's 
that is a uh, typical Florida rain. <laughs> yep, very much so. <laughs> Looks almost got, like a like a microburst or, or something. We 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 had fun with that last year, calling them rain bombs. Yeah, and, and, right. I, and I will I will show you. This is my um, this is my sign. I hang in our RV when we get. <laughs> And people get a kick out of it. So <laughs> that's my tweet. I just didn't, I didn't tweet it yet. <laughs> Very cool. I, I always hang it up on my motorhome in case anybody wants to talk weather. <laughs> uh, I've got one that I will uh, pop up on the screen here real fast. Let me do the uh, screen share. Uh, this is one that I thought I was going to go viral with, and I was really disappointed that I, I did not. <laughs> Uh, but I was out this past weekend. I was in Greensboro. You can see my little locator there. Um, two polygons came together, and I really thought it was a guy. There's a little, you know, I drew the eye in the mouth. We got the nose, he's wearing a hat. He's kind of got like a bowl cut in the back here. You can see how it kind of comes down from his neck a little. Um, yeah, no, I, I got I got one reply from my aunt. So. <laughs> James, James, we love you. We love you. I got the hashtag and everything. I thought people would be all over this, but uh, here it is. Oh, yeah. Second attempt at going viral. Thanks <laughs> for the polygons. That See, you're like trying a, too hard, James. You're trying. That looks too like hard. a person. I know. Hey, uh, David, I'm going to screen share yours, and you can talk about uh, what's what your pick of the week is. Yeah, my pick of the week is uh, from our own backyard here in Charlottesville, Virginia. This is just north of us in Greene County, and we had some nice thunderstorms rumble through the area Saturday evening, and we had some reported wind gusts up to about 60, 65 miles per hour, and that left some of the uh, tree damage there in Greene County, which is about 10 to 15 miles north of the city of Charlottesville, and a nice little microburst that happened there. It wasn't only there, but it was also in Fluvanna County about – five, 10 miles to the east of the city of Charlottesville. And uh, one of my friends was driving through it at the time. And he was like, oh my God, this is the worst I've ever seen. It looks like a hurricane just went through. He was having to dodge trees left and right on his way home. So we had some fun here Saturday nights. And that was uh, one of our viewers sending that into our uh, Twitter page there. Very cool. All right, Peter, I don't know if you have one since your internet's being kind of funky tonight. Uh, let me try to send one real fast. <laughs> Why he does that? We did have a, a viewer question um, come come across here talking about the severe potential for Friday. Uh, the question was thoughts on severe potential for Friday, and can you talk about uh, how uncommon it is to get dew points down in the fifties in July and August here in the southeast? Uh, I'll let David talk about his area up there because I think you guys are under the gun, maybe a little bit more than we are here in the Carolinas with severe weather, and then. Uh, we'll kind of talk about the, the lower dew points. Yeah, it was entertaining everybody watching everybody here in Virginia freak out. Oh, my goodness, day three, slight risk. What is going on? This and that and some of the <laughs> some of the uh, soundings from the three-kilometer NAM were like strong tornado, PDS tornado. Oh, my goodness, look at that nice curved photograph and the back winds and the beer. I'm like, Okay, first of all, you got the jet coming in that's about 10 knots at 8.50. You got decent upper level ventilation. And then today, uh, marginal risk for day two. Be very localized, I think. Uh, damaging wind is going to be a threat there, but the kinematics and the wind shear just, just doesn't seem to be there. It's coming in at the wrong angle. is too positively tilted for my liking to 
see any significant severe weather here in Virginia. So that'll, that'll be something I'll watch for tomorrow afternoon, but I'm not overly concerned about it, at least here in the Virginias. And I think that's the case here. And I'll let uh, Eric talk about uh, the Tennessee part, uh, parts of uh, Tennessee in just a second. Here in the Carolinas, uh, North and South Carolina, I don't think this makes it all the way down to Shea, uh, but uh, for, for maybe James and I, uh, I think there's a chance of maybe an isolated uh, severe thunderstorm. Uh, this is a pretty strong front moving through. I mean, it's got some cooler, drier air behind it, um, something we're normally seeing in the springtime, but I don't think it's anything to get uh, hyped up over. A uh, few thunderstorms, uh, we, we've seen damaging winds all summer long, and I think uh, that's the biggest potential is maybe a few uh, severe thunderstorms with damaging wind. And talking about the dew points, um, it, it's not uncommon. I think this happens maybe once a winter, uh, once a summer that – we kind of get one of these stronger cold fronts to come in and give us some cooler, more pleasant air. Uh, so I don't, I don't think it's overly um, weird that this is happening. We normally see this once or even sometimes twice in the summertime. I remember a couple of years ago it happened on the 4th of July and people mm-hmm. were actually wearing hoodies and, and had and blankets and stuff, you know, as they were watching fireworks. So it's not uncommon. It, it happens occasionally. Uh, but I know a lot of people are going to be uh, – welcoming in the cooler and more drier air. So Eric, what's it look like out in your area for severe weather? Yeah, it doesn't look uh, real great here either. The the first day two risk uh, came out this morning, had us in a slight, but the I was a little suspicious of it because the timing in this area, a lot of the the initial wave of it looks like it's going to be early on Friday, um, maybe even pre-dawn, which is certainly not optimal. And uh, I see as they updated at midday today, they dropped us almost out of the marginals. So um, we're in a marginal risk for Friday as well. Again, you got to keep an eye on those marginals, but uh, the timing doesn't look real good. And especially a lot of times we get, um, if we get the early morning um, convection, that's just kind of your uh, general general thunderstorm type of uh, weather, then we don't get enough time by afternoon to really recover from that, uh, that morning round. And if we get anything, it's, uh, it's usually where, where the, uh, the early morning stuff died out. They have uh, got more destabilization going on during the day. So uh, timing is not a good, uh, not a good factor here. And um, yeah, it looks like it might be more wavish rather than that uh, kind of potent front coming through. And I'll make one more point here. I, Sorry to drag this on, but I did see that Philip Klotzbaugh just uh, tweeted just a few minutes ago. He was, we were talking about 2004, and he reminds us that the first named storm of 2004, Alex, did not form until August 1st, and yep. the season ended up with five landfalling U.S. landfalling hurricanes and an ace 200% of normal. Yep. So yep. we we haven't we haven't even started. <laughs> no, no, we're very very young, you know, very early in the season still. Uh, real quick, Scotty's got a picture from Pete, but, but I did promise. Helicity Designs that I would show this. And Scotty brought up a good point about the front making it here. I think we're going to see the front make it to the South Carolina and Georgia border, but it's going to be so weak by the time it gets here that we'll probably see just some afternoon storms associated with the sea breeze. But here is the shirt. Nice. I don't know if you can see it all. Good stuff. Our fronts come to die. So I showed your, your shirt on air. I appreciate it. It's a great quality shirt if you need one order from them. Back to you, Scotty. Yeah, go visit helicitydesigns.com. Uh, some really cool weather stuff there. So, uh, Peter, I'll let you talk about your picture, and then uh, we'll we'll log off for the night. All right. So, uh, yeah, this was the uh, tornado that came through the other day on the eastern shore of Maryland. It was Queen Anne's County, uh, rated an EF2. And uh, you see some of those pictures there, some pretty bad damage. This actually happened overnight. 
Yep. Uh, it was like one o'clock in the morning, I think. So I'm sure not many people were that prepared for it. Um, there was one injury, but I don't think there was any deaths. So that was good. But uh, it did have, uh, let me see, 125 mile an hour winds. And uh, there was gas leaks, power outages, all that good stuff. So, yeah, I don't think too many people were prepared for this. But uh, it happened, and uh, luckily there weren't any deaths. So that was good. Good stuff. All right, guys. Well, thanks for watching the Carolina Weather Group tonight. Uh, for all you who uh, watched tonight, uh, I was watching our Facebook Live. We're over 100 views or viewers at, at several points throughout the show. So we do this every Wednesday night. We're just a bunch of weather geeks that get around and talk about weather. And uh, very happy to have Mike on with us tonight. Go uh, visit Mike's weather page uh, as well as the uh, Carolina Weather Group. And next week we don't have a, sc- a show scheduled per se we don't have any guests lined up, so we may just end up talking about weather or, or whatever. But uh, we do have an active August uh, lined up for you guys. So uh, look for our Facebook page, our events pages. That will kind of give you the schedules. For everyone here at the Carolina Weather Group, we hope you have a great afternoon or a great evening. Enjoy the weekend and stay safe. And we'll see you next Wednesday night.